we light the first Advent candle, we are reminded that Jesus is the light of the world. We read in John 8, verse 12, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. Hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Lord, renew a sense of hope in our hearts. Let your word and your promises remind us of the hope that our prayers will be answered that doors of opportunity that seem closed will be opened, that broken relationships will be mended, that diseased bodies will be healed, and that our damaged trust will be restored. We pray this in eager expectation of our coming Savior, Jesus Christ. stand. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. The kingdom of heaven is near, therefore let us repent of our sins. Merciful Father, forgive us for becoming too attached to this world. We repent of the many times we have allowed its vain pursuits 
and short-lived pleasures to lure us away from your word. Guide our feet on the path of your truth and keep our eyes of faith focused on the skies, always prepared for Christ's return. Our Heavenly Father is merciful and has sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for your sin. He promises to walk beside you all the length of your days, protecting you from the evil one. Therefore, as a called servant of the word, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. your power, O Lord, and come. Protect us by your strength and save us from the threatening dangers of our sins. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Our first lesson for today is taken from Genesis chapters 6 and 7. The theme for our service is keep watch for the Lord is coming. The people back at the time of Noah, they were not keeping watch. 
They were living in their sin, going on about their day-to-day life, and judgment came upon them. Keep watch. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I am going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you, two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 15 cubits. Every living thing that moved on land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind, everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out, people and animals, and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped out from the earth. Only Noah was left, and those with him in the ark. The word of the Lord. Our second lesson is taken from Romans chapter 13, which reminds us that when the end comes for God's people, that's our salvation. Our salvation is nearer, and we want to live like it every day. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. The word of the Lord. Please stand. Just a 
sacrifice to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Alleluia. 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 Our gospel today, taken from Matthew chapter 24, Jesus tells us, No one knows when that final day here will come. So keep watch. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Please be seated for our next hymn, 301.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, our coming Savior. Amen. God's word we consider today is the second lesson from Romans chapter 13. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. People used to not be able to wait for it. On Thanksgiving night, they would set their alarm clocks, multiple alarm clocks. They would have their friends call them just to make sure that they could wake up bright and early on Black Friday. They had to get out to the stores. Got to get those door busters. They had done their research, which stores were offering the deals on the things that they wanted. That new iPod, that new big screen TV, that new winter jacket, 25%, 50%, even 75% off, had to wake up and get out for your Black Friday shopping. But in recent years, people have been more willing to sleep in and hit the snooze. With the pandemic, not wanting to get out at the stores as much, especially with online shopping, there's always going to be another sale. Cyber Monday's coming up. Why should I wake up when it's always going to be around? Even God's people, when it comes to what God asks us, gotten kind of sleepy, gotten pretty drowsy. So today, the Lord sounds the alarm because it's not just savings on an item for Christmas, it's salvation. And it's not just 25 or 50 or 75% off, it's 100% saved. And it's getting near. It's getting closer. It's time to wake up. First, put on your Advent armor. Second, carry on in Advent actions. So Paul urges us to understand the present time. Well, what is this season? What is this present time that we're living in? Paul is not talking about firing up the oven and doing some Christmas baking, decorations, presents, and parties. Though all of those things can be enjoyed by Christians to the glory of God. Paul is saying that our salvation is nearer. What does he mean by that? Well, Jesus had already been born in Bethlehem. Jesus already died on the cross outside of Jerusalem and was raised from the dead. Jesus had already sent the Holy Spirit on Pentecost and sent his disciples out to all nations. This salvation that he's talking about, that's getting nearer every day, is when Jesus comes again and whisks us away from all of the temptation and persecution, the sadness and the suffering, the disaster and the death that happens in this time between his first and his second coming. Jesus is talking about that day when everyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. He says, be ready. Understand the time that you live in. Now time is like a river. It can't be taken back. It can't be slowed down or sped up. 
it just keeps flowing. And today is one day closer to the time when Jesus returns and brings our salvation with him. Therefore, wake up. Paul uses words like already and now. It's time already. Now is the time. Wake up from your slumber. Paul is not saying that we should never sleep at night or never take naps during the day. No, he's saying don't be spiritually sleepy. Don't get drowsy about when the last day is coming. He says stay awake because the night is over. The day is almost here. That's a picture that Jesus used in the gospel lesson today, isn't it? When it comes to the time between his first and second coming, it's like a night. Because in the grand scope of eternity, it's really not that long. And it's a time during which people will get tired, distracted, drowsy, and will not be keeping watch like they should. Jesus says, keep watch. He says, wake up here through Paul in Romans 13. Put on your armor. Put on the armor of light. It's because the time right here and now, between his first and second coming, that is a time of war. The armor that he's referring to here, that word can be used of offensive and defensive armor, equipment used by military soldiers. So in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul mentions things like the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the fleet-footedness of the gospel of peace, all those defensive weapons, but also the offensive equipment too, the sword of the Spirit. Put on the armor of light, because we're at war. What kind of war is that, though? We haven't had an attack on American soil in decades, and we don't live over in the Ukraine. What kind of war is that? Well, it's kind of similar to what happened back in the city of Troy. The Greek armies had surrounded and besieged Troy for 10 years. But after not seeing success with their siege, they started to sail back to Greece, and they left this big wooden horse outside the city gates. People of Troy thought, well, the Greeks have given up. And so they brought that wooden horse into their gates, closed the gates again, and during the night, Greek soldiers came out of that horse and opened the city up to the Greek navy that had sailed back in the middle of the night. They had let their guard down, they had become sleepy, and it meant death and defeat and disaster for their whole city. That's the kind of battle and warfare that we're engaged in. The enemy is really within. It's our own sinful nature, our flesh, Paul talks about here. Our sinful flesh is trying to get us to snooze off and doze away, let our guard down for the last day. Paul talks in verse 14 about our thoughts and thinking about how to please our sinful nature. It's so easy for our thoughts to run wild and to daydream, to linger in them. And that's really falling asleep spiritually. Paul himself struggled with this. Earlier in Romans chapter 7, 
Paul said, the good things that I want to do, I don't do. The evil things that I don't want to do, I do. It's because of sin living inside of me. That war and that battle that's waged inside of us. Yet if a soldier were to go into battle with nothing but his flip-flops, his shorts, and his t-shirt, he'd be sunk. He'd be a sitting target, as good as dead. And that's what you and I would be, too. If we don't wake up, it's time to wake up and put on the armor of light. The armor of light here. What is light? It's the opposite of darkness. It's the opposite of sin. It's holiness, purity, righteousness. If we have to put it on, that means it comes from outside of us. It's from God. It's God's righteousness, God's holiness, God's purity in Christ. He explains it a little bit later in verse 14 when he says, Clothe yourselves in Christ. When you were baptized, God surrounded you and shined this light all over you. The holiness of Christ, you wear it. You get to put it on every day. And every time you open that lamp for your feet and the light for your path of God's word, that light shines all around you. God straps it on you. When you come up to communion, God fills you with that light and floods you with it in your forgiveness by Christ's body and blood, which is in and with the bread and the wine. Every day, as you put on that armor of light, as you wear Christ, you're not only prepared for judgment day, but that light pierces and cuts through and chases away the sinful thoughts in your mind and the sin all around you. It's time to wake up. It's time to put on the armor of light every day. That is your Advent armor. It's also time for some Advent actions. Paul says here, put aside the deeds of darkness. And while that could be a long laundry list of things, Paul focuses us on six deeds of darkness here. The first one is carousing. Carousing, the word for that, was what was commonly used and happened at the worship and processions of Dionysus, the Greek god of wine and fertility and insanity. It was the kind of over-drinking, the kind of drunkenness and wild partying and all kinds of impurity that is oftentimes associated with things like Mardi Gras or the college party life. Just put that off. Put it aside. Don't do that. Be done with those deeds of darkness and also drunkenness. The next one he mentions, drunkenness, which is having too much of what God intended to be a blessing, a good thing, alcohol. But that's really what sin does, isn't it? Sin turns God's blessings into a headache. And drunkenness, not only does it waste away your own body and rob you of time, it lowers your self-control so that others are exposed to danger as well. Whether that's verbal abuse, or physical abuse, or operating a vehicle recklessly, Put off these deeds of darkness, carousing and drunkenness. And how fitting that he would mention sexual immorality next, because drunkenness 
and sexual immorality often go hand in hand. Sexual immorality, a general term for using the blessings God intended within marriage, outside of marriage. There is really no such thing as casual sex because it is two becoming one flesh intended in a lifelong union. There's nothing casual about that. There's no such thing as free love because sexual immorality always comes with a high cost. It's sinning against your own body. It's defiling the other person's body. It wrecks marriages and splits families apart. And it dishonors God who redeemed you and dwells within you as one of his people. Put it aside. It's a deed of darkness. There really is no such thing as living together in a committed relationship either. Because if you were really committed in that way, you would get married before you're willing to enjoy those blessings of marriage together. Wake up. Put aside these deeds of darkness. The next one he mentions is debauchery. Debauchery has to do with doing whatever feels good at the time. No self-control, no restraint, regardless of whatever the consequences are. Our world seems to push the envelope with this further and further with every passing decade. These things have really been around for centuries and millennia. Even though it happens out in the world, we are immersed in our own culture, aren't we? And these things can creep in to our lives as well, even if it's not to quite the same degree. But when those things are streamed into our living rooms and surfed on our devices, we share in the debauchery too. Put it aside, these deeds of darkness. It's time for some Advent actions. Paul mentions next, dissension. That's when there's rivalry and taking sides and quarreling about an issue. Back in the city of Corinth, it was your favorite preacher and favoring him. In Crete, it was contention and all kinds of arguments about angels and different Old Testament laws and genealogies. Today, dissension can happen over money and ministry priorities and musical styles and preferences, and called workers and, and their different personalities, or how a case of church discipline was handled, or false teaching. There is never a need for dissension when people let God's word settle their disputes and differences. And jealousy. Jealousy is when one gift of God is exalted over another. Again, sinful people twisting God's gifts. One person may be more outgoing, while another is more musical. One person may be more handy, while the other notices an individual's feelings a lot better. One person is very big picture, whereas another is very deep in knowledge. Jealousy can happen from one congregation to another as well, thinking, that congregation over there, they're so blessed in this or that way. The grass always seems greener. These deeds of darkness, carousing, drunkenness, sexual immorality and debauchery, dissension and jealousy, put them aside. Be done with them. 
Deeds of Darkness emphasizes that oftentimes people do these things at night so that they can stay hidden. But whether they do them concealed or out in the open during the day with pride and boldness, they will wish that they could hide when Jesus comes again. They will look for caves, cellars, rocks next to mountains, saying to the mountains, fall on us, cover us, hide us from the face of the one on the throne and from the lamb whose wrath has come. Those who continue in deeds of darkness will continue in darkness. Isolation, sadness, separated from God's love forever. What seemed like temporary pleasure only brings permanent horror and pain and fear. So wake up. It's time to wake up because Christ, he hung in our darkness and died for us. He was separated from God in our place. And he gives you his light this Advent season. Wrap yourself in it. Let's have some Advent actions taking care of our bodies, whether that's through sleep or diet or activity, which will look a little bit different for everyone, but take care of your bodies so that you can serve others. This is going to include Advent actions where young people encourage each other to save themselves for marriage. Those who are single and want to be married, to wait patiently for God's timing, sending the right person. For those who are single and content in that, to stay devoted to the Lord, who is your heavenly bridegroom, and serve and live for him. For those who are married, to be devoted to prayer, to encourage each other and different married couples in their own marriages, to build each other up in that, to practice fellowship, to gather around God's word and study it and pray together and commune together and forgive each other so that the Holy Spirit can build us up and strengthen us in the bonds of unity that he has given to us in his church. To celebrate the gifts God has given to other people and to you and to use them in service to him and others. To let no debt remain outstanding except the debt of love to love one another every day. These are Advent actions, and as busy as December gets, let's fill this month with Advent actions. Wake up. This entire section has talked about waking up, but we Christians aren't the only ones who get sleepy. There are thousands and millions of people all around us who are hibernating, who are virtually dead to the world, asleep in their sin. Part of us waking up is nudging them awake too. Part of us putting on our Advent armor, the armor of light, is shining it on them too. Part of us, with our Advent actions of love toward each other, is bringing Christ's love to those around us who are stuck in sleep. We get to do that this coming weekend with our living nativity. But there are opportunities year-round. So it's time. It's time to wake up. Because the clock is ticking. The countdown is almost here. Our salvation is near. And that will be the most welcome, beautiful, and amazing sight ever. It's time to wake up. Amen.
Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Jesus, help us to watch eagerly for your salvation by putting aside the deeds of darkness and putting on the armor of light. Jesus, you give gifts of called workers to build up your people in unity and faith. Please be with Deborah Doletsky, who is deliberating our call to teach second grade starting next year. Thank you also for granting a peaceful decision for Andy Dice to return his call to Milwaukee and to continue serving among us as our fifth and sixth grade teacher and athletic director. Please give strength and faithfulness to all our teachers so that God's children may stay close to you. And we pray together in our Savior's name, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord will be with you always. Amen.
congregation may be seated for the distribution. Please, if you're visiting with us, note that we practice close communion here. There's an announcement on the screen and in the bulletin about that. <laughs> 